Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shipkisman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, every week, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. Today, we want to dive into the topic about perfectionism and really look at it from two points of view. How we as business owners get stuck in perfectionism when we're trying to serve our clients, and also how we expect perfectionism with our own mentors and the people who are supporting our journey. I can get really stuck in the loop of trying to be perfect for my clients, but I am human and sometimes I make mistakes. So what do we do when we make a mistake as a business owner? How do we own it and move through it? On the other hand, we are all responsible for perpetuating this struggle with perfectionism because many of us still expect the people we are paying for services to not make mistakes. It is a real conversation about our humanity and transparency. If you're enjoying this show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How you going? I'm going along pretty well these days. I just got back from a wonderful conference in Vancouver, British Columbia. So I returned to the land of Canada, which um, I was a fortunate to live in Toronto in 2005-ish. So I have to say when I go back to Canada, I feel a little nostalgia for that time. Mm-hmm. So so I'm actually doing good, you know, coming back and also feeling like I've got to get caught up on all the things that kept all the wheels that kept turning while I was away. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because because I thought today that we would sort of dive into this topic. We we've brushed on it a little bit in some of the other podcasts, but I think I really want to dive in the idea of perfectionism, the fear of failure we have, and and also sort of this idea we have about how experts should never make mistakes, right? Because we're all human and we all make mistakes. And, you know, what do we do in those kind of situations? Because I think it's very disempowering when we try to um, perceive or think that anyone is perfect or that anyone is incapable of mistakes. And, and yeah, so I just thought this was a really juicy topic because not many people talk about it. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I'm, I am curious to dive into this one because you're right. Whenever you assume a certain amount, um, like a role in which you're providing your expertise, your knowledge base, your experience, your wisdom to a client, we often, um, we don't think about how much we're trying to present all of the answers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, let me be that one that gives you your aha moment mm-hmm. that helps you crystallize that thing that you've been sitting on forever or finally um, working through some trauma that you haven't, you know, in my case, it's like finally unearthing some of that um, that psychological challenge or trauma that you've been working with. And so I'm really, actually, I hadn't quite been 
thinking about that lately until you brought that up because I've been thinking about recovering as a perfectionist in Brene Brown's words. Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist and an aspiring good enough, good enoughist. That what, that's what she says. And I love that. Um, but I've been actually applying that more within the context of my own, um, own sense of myself in my entrepreneurship, like, in the tasks of running my business, you know, trying to have compassion, not being a perfectionist about my social media or about my finances or just different things and trying to be a little bit more understanding of when I make mistakes. And so you're bringing a different, like another layer and another lens to this, which is how are we actually doing that when we're in front of our clients who are paying us for an expertise and we have that really strong heart desire and a professional relationship there that we're wanting to honor. And sometimes we put a little bit of that perfectionistic lens or maybe a lot of that perfectionistic lens and expectation on ourselves. So yeah, yeah, this is an interesting one. Yeah. And I think it's cool the way to frame it through that idea because I also am a recovering perfectionist and, and I feel like I've done really good with working that on my business. But like you said, even today, I noticed some of that coming up for me about, you know, how I still want to be perfect for my clients. I still want to never make mistakes. I still want to make sure that I give them every single thing I have. And, and that perfectionism is impossible. And, and when things do come up, when I do make a mistake or when I take on the wrong client or when something happens, like information comes up that I didn't realize or I can't help someone, you know, what do we do in those situations? And I think there's really sort of two sides we need to talk about. We need to talk about the service provider, right? So that's uh, any of us who are expert service providers running a business. So we have to talk about it from that perspective. What do we do? How do we handle that? How do we stop perfectionism? But I also think we have to talk about it from the customer viewpoint. Because as customers, we also expect our mentors, our, you know, psychotherapists, our, you know, all of these people in our life to be perfect. And we put them on pedestals. And we... And when they, when they fall, we lose, you know, sort of trust and belief in them. And so I think we really have to look at it sort of from both sides of the coin. Yeah, this actually makes me think of a conversation that I had. I'm now like a drawing a, a, this point to another point in, in customer service. This idea, I was talking with someone about when I started Soma Vida as a community empowered space, community run space is, is our vision, you know, that you and I both had for, for Soma Vita to have community that really shared the resources and really shared the responsibilities. But quickly, people's paradigm and expectations of a business um, were, you know, certain, uh, certain things around customer service, like I really expect you to return this call immediately. Or if you say your doors are open, they need to be open. And, you know, remember when you and I first opened that year, we were like, okay, our kids get out at two, at three o'clock. So we're going to post that our hours or this time to this time. But then, you know, it's so challenging, even when you try to define that you have a, a different, that you're working in the world differently. Like I'm only working this much because I'm honoring my time with my family and I'm having work-life balance and I don't want to be on call 24 seven. But then that sounds all wonderful. But then when you come up against the real world in which clients and customers have an expectation of you and they call and say, Hey, I'm feeling really um, frustrated because 
I wanted to talk to somebody after three o'clock and nobody was in the office or I really needed this from you or that. And, um, you're not on email or you're not doing social, you know, you're not on Facebook now or, or, you know, I'm kind of fumbling through this, but you know what I mean? Like when you set your own boundaries around what your life needs to look like for, in your workspace and you come up against, at least for me, like I come up against feeling not good enough Mm. in those spaces when I actually was doing something that honored my, my goodness, my needs, my desire for, for the work life integration that I wanted. So I was just thinking of it just now in that lens as well, not only in front of my client one-on-one, but like my business, um, interaction with the greater world. Mm -hmm. If I'm not being the perfect business, um, having fear around how that might reflect on people's perception, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think it's just, it's such an interesting and sort of complex topic because we're talking about a lot of expectations and societal, you know, demands and, and there's a whole lot of layers of this on top of us, right? And women, I think, have a certain level of perfectionism that's different than men. And, and I guess, you know, one of the things we have to look at is, is what's real. I mean, one, I I talk about this all the time in business because I think, there's not enough of this talked about, especially in this world of instant gratification and everything's really pretty and Instagram where it's all like inspirational and pretty. And, you know, like the truth is we all should be skill building, right? We all should be growing a skill day in, day out. And if we're skill building, that takes a lot of time. And that means we're going to mess up, right? It's like an internship, right? Internships are really important. You need to be able to practice something and screw up and have someone to help guide you. And then, you know, screw up again. And then from every single screw up you have, you learn so much. I mean, I think you learn more from the screw ups than you learn from the wins. Would you say Mm -hmm. that's true? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we've got to look at, I think the value system of our culture needs to change and the value system of us as business owners and us as customers needs to change as well. We need to be looking for people who are skill building, you know, who are actually deliberately looking at, okay, I want to get better at, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, maybe it's mentorship. I want to get better at mentoring businesses. Okay, so I'm going to go out. I'm going to skill build. I'm going to screw up a few times. And from those screw ups, I'm going to learn so much. And then I'm going to skill build more. And I'm going to skill build more. And like, I don't know that you ever get to a place where you're perfect, right? (laughs) Like you're, you're a master. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, right. The more, um, the more times we fall down, the more times we, I'm going to do air quotes on fail, like more times we're failing. We are actually, um, growing, like you said, that skill set. And that's where the most successful entrepreneurs that you see, I mean, they've had multiple businesses often that have failed until they've realized, Oh, I have to go this way. I have to go this way. And it's the same in human relationships. I mean, how many of us are, thank goodness, not partnered with the first person we ever went on a date with? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Think about that. Like we have to learn human relationships. We have to learn connection and you date and you do silly things. You sometimes hurt other people's hearts. You sometimes get your heart broken. You miscommunicate. You misalign. And over time, you learn more and more what it means to reconnect and repair something and practice forgiveness for self and others. And it's this 
complex human being that we are with one another. And I feel that we've, we have more of that understanding in our world of relationships to an extent. I won't say that we've mastered that one either, but there's a little bit more of some grace and understanding with that. Mm -hmm. When you move over into professional space, there's, I feel less understanding, less permission to get messy and mess up. You know, you feel, um, I was just even watching a recent movie in which there was, um, a, you know, an intense scene playing out and this person being really concerned about how this was going to be impacting their business. This was, you know, how many times we've seen that the big deal that went down and then somebody, this crazy person is like throwing it off and that person is freaking out. They're going to lose this biggest deal ever. Well, you know what? What if it, there was more permission for the fact that one silly night, one evening, one person that says something about your work doesn't define everything that you are, that you we can see past these human hiccups and still have faith in one another or actually be more endeared to one another because we go through some sort of crazy, you know, um, moment together trying to figure out what's going on in our, our businesses or in our relationships. Yeah. And, and the truth is anybody, any expert, any person who acts like they know it all and who isn't open to, to talk about and explain how they're still screwing up, even in, if they're making millions of dollars, even if they're like the most successful ever, that they're still making screw ups. I don't trust them. Because that's the reality of what's happening. And the more transparent someone is, the, the more I feel like I can trust them. Because we're human. And we're constantly making mistakes. And we're screwing up. And we're losing sales. And we choose the wrong target market. And like, you know, in this, all of this happens because we are growing and we're learning. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've learned so much more from the mistakes I made every wrong client I've taken on in the past, right? And this is 17 years. So 17 years of taking on wrong clients, each time I learn from that, okay, I'm not going to take someone like this, or I'm not going to take someone who's not ready for this, or this is something I, this is a question I need to ask to make sure they're a right client. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah. you know, there, there's just not enough, um, I guess, perception or openness or understanding that all of us are human, no matter how successful we are. Yes. And I think you're right about women having a certain amount of conditioning that we're always supposed to be making other people feel comfortable mm. or other people be okay. So that if we feel like we've made a mistake instead of, um, Instead of being able to feel comfortable bringing that even more attention to that or talking about it, we're sort of um, taught or encouraged just to kind of quickly pivot ourselves or, or shift ourselves in some way to make the everyone else around us more comfortable yeah. when really the, the, the courage is being able to come out and say, okay, let's name what's going on. I mean, I definitely will be the first to admit that this is not an easy thing for me to take you know, I don't, the whole critical or constructive criticism. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am not, I don't know about that. Like, I wish we could make it positive. <laughs> I never feel very good about that. And you know, it's like, okay, I'm trying, I'm trying, but you know that it, we all know it's like that, that stab in the heart. Like when you're trying mm. so hard to do something well, or it's your business and you believe in it and you're just doing everything you can and you're maybe dropping 
dropping some things and you're mm. not you're not perfect and somebody comes back and says I'm really disappointed with how this is going you know my first reaction is to feel very very sad <laughs> you know very I'm very emotionally impacted mm. in that immediate moment yeah. and I don't know if we talk about this enough with each other like how that feels when you give you know because everyone's like oh um yeah, we need to just accept feedback or it's okay that person's commenting about this on my um, blog comments or on my Facebook or I've heard mm. authors, oh, many authors talk about how they can't even read one bad review because they'll just completely obsess on that one and they'll ignore the thousands of other positive reviews. So I think it's, we all need to talk about that a little bit more, like how hard that is mm. to receive it, you know, because yeah. we kind of gloss over that part maybe a little bit. And I think yeah. it's, I think it's, you know, like everything, it's just a good signal for us that we still have something going on. Like this is exactly what happened to me today, right? Like an old client, very old, many years ago, posted something about how, um, you know, she didn't feel like she got a lot out of my coaching, or at least it was that she wasn't ready for the coaching that I did. And when I heard that, I felt like, oh my God. I didn't serve yeah. someone to my best. Oh my God, what happened? Like, I didn't even know that, right? You know, this is, I mean, it was a short package. It was a long time ago. I mean, yada, yada, yada. But the feeling around that was so, I felt so sad and I felt so um, like something was wrong with me and so shameful even. And I yes, thought to myself, shame. okay, so what is this? And that's when mm -hmm. it really made me realize this is what we need to talk about today because I still have this thing about perfectionism. Like I still feel like I have to, you know, I should have been perfect 10 years ago. I should have right. been, you know, forget everything I've learned in the last 10 years. I yeah. should have been perfect then. <laughs> yeah. And how immediately we can go to that place right after something like that, something happens. And I could even hear, I didn't, you know, hear the whole way in which you're client spoke it, but it sounds like, you know, you were even aware that she was saying, and I was a different person back there. And it was a lot, you know, but it doesn't even matter when they try to own a little bit of it. We're just quick to go back to that place and ask, you know, why weren't we perfect? Why wasn't I able to deliver? And I don't know, maybe those of us that are in this um, service industry in which we're really feeling a calling to be of service, to heal, to guide, to nourish. And you hear, oh, my needs weren't met by you. Hmm. It's this feeling of inadequacy, which then leads to shame that leads into this doubt and then can be like paralysis, where I've actually seen some amazing people get kind of stuck in that self-doubt and not be able to keep coming forward because it's they're, they're no longer confident just because they made maybe one misalignment. I wouldn't even call it a mistake. Humans are so complex that when we come together, there's sometimes such resonance. We immediately get each other. We immediately are on par. We just like, oh, I'm reading your thoughts or I get you or I understand where you're coming from. But most of the time we're operating, we're seeing people through these perceptions of the world that have nothing to do with the other person. You know, that have to do with us and how we see things and how. And so there's going to be a lot of room for error, for misalignment, for misinterpretation. And I don't know why it's so hard in those moments to hold space for that. Just understanding instead of going straight into, oh, my God, 
what did I do? Why didn't I not deliver on that? Why did I not support that person in the way they needed to be support? I'm supported and I'm this horrible person and mm. the shame and uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. That's it's, it's a, it's a common thing that I think many of us we're not talking about because how many times do we actually get on social media? I think we're owning a lot of personal things, but I don't know if I read too often the person that's like, I'm sitting here in the fetal position rocking because I just <laughs> read this <laughs> Somebody just emailed me that they really don't like my service. <laughs> oh my God, so true. <laughs> and it feels like that sometimes. It feels like I just want to go into a corner and cry and be like, oh, how did I fail someone? And I love what you said, actually. It just, it, this brings up so many threads, right? Because I've been wanting for a long time to have an episode on enabling and maybe we'll do that next week. But I think, you know, the idea that we should have met everyone's needs, like, you know, when you said that, like that yeah. is so what is part of this DNA of women and part of our makeup for most of us is this, this idea that we should be meeting people's needs. And I had such, like my mentor said such a good thing to me a couple of weeks ago. He said, you should never want more for someone else than they want for themselves. And, and what, you know, part of what I took from that is how often do we try to meet people's needs who aren't willing to meet their own? That's such a good point. And that's honestly one of the best pieces of advice that I also received from a supervisor early on in therapy. You know, he said, do not kind of in the same way, do not work harder than your client. Or if you find yourself feeling X, Y, and Z, because we were kind of exploring something. He said, you might want to look at that you're working harder than your client. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I had realized like that that was an issue, you know, because I'm just like, I'm sitting there working and then trying to help. And then he's like, no, sometimes they're not ready and you're going to feel this is what you can look out for. This is what kind of starts coming up when, when you're working harder than them. So sit back and pull yourself into a place of understanding and open to them, but understand that that there's only so much that you can do until that client is moving forward. So you're holding space, you're present, you're welcoming your client to show up, but you can't run that race for them. You can't do that work for them. Yep. And yeah, that's a hard one because we want to. We want to just like get on my back. I'm going to run this freaking race for you. <laughs> <I'd be good. laughs> like, oh my God. So I mean, if I look back at my life and think about how many people I've put on my back, like yeah. it's no wonder it's not broken. <laughs> right. Well, and we wonder why women have chronic fatigue yeah. syndrome and a lot of these really exhausting. It really is like our adrenals are spent because of how much we are carrying on. We're trying to put our children, we're trying to put our families, we're trying to put our clients. It's like, we're going to get this. We're going to, you know, this happens. Yeah. And I think this is part of the perfectionism, right? We can't talk about perfectionism with women if we don't talk about how some of that perfectionism, you know, winds around this idea of needing to serve, of needing to support people, of needing to help them up, of needing to, like so much of that perfectionism is about how we care for others. And I think, you know, we, we've we got to start to look at that and recognize, you know, what are we doing? And this is one of the things that I, you know, that I've learned over the years is, and, and I go back and beat myself up for not being perfect 10 years ago, but 
10 years ago, I took on clients and, and I had to learn that some clients weren't ready for my services or I had to, to learn. And th- this was like a series of learnings over years, right? You know, some, some clients you take on and you, and you think you know where they're at, right? But so often right. they haven't exposed something to you. They haven't told you some of their stories. You don't know what's happening at home. There's a, I mean, there's all these complex things. Like you don't have enough data. And then what happens? Right. You get in, you get into a relationship, whether it's a coaching relationship or it's a psychotherapy relationship. And then you're like, whoa, okay, there's a whole lot of stuff I didn't know about. So I think Absolutely. it's, it's interesting. And, and it just get, gets back into sort of this, this perception that we're not allowed to skill build. Like somehow we're supposed to pop out of the, you know, pop into our field as an expert with no skill building, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think the millennials are feeling this. I'm really feeling a, a desire to um, spread the word for our younger generation of women, because I think I just read this really great article in Forbes about millennial women, especially burning out, leaving their fields, leaving their um, their jobs right now, kind of fa- flailing a little bit because they've coming coming out in a generation where you've got sort of there's so much pressure on the world is really in a bad state and are and we're we're leaning on our younger generations to save the day and they're very um, purpose driven which is beautiful but what we're not talking about for them is sustainability how do they sustain their energy how do they understand they don't have to be perfect how do they lead um from a place of compassion i think these are the conversations that we are having right now, which is amazing for us in our generation of women. But I'm thinking like looking behind us mm. here, I'm looking at th- these women and actually overheard a conversation between two women, probably in their between kind of late twenties. And they were both lamenting sort of that they weren't sure if they were truly on a path to their calling that they were came out of college um, ready to take on the world. And now they're wavering, wondering, like, am I doing enough? In you know, how am I? <laughs> One of them said, I kind of just want to um, retreat into obscurity and not have to be performing all the time. But I feel that it's some sort of responsibility that I'm supposed mm. to fulfill in order to do this amazing thing that impacts the world. And she's like, sometimes I'm just tired. <laughs> I just wanted to get up and be like, over there. Like, yes, ladies, go and rest. Cause we're not talking enough about, um, about this. To your point, that is the age when we should be allowing ourselves the skill building and the permission to be, but they're already expecting themselves to be at the top of their field, you know, at yeah. 28. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, and really well, we should be allowing the skill building in the thirties and forties and fifties until the day we die. Die. <laughs> right? Yes. Because like we're even, always learning. Yeah, yeah. Because even that, like, right. Cause I mean, it's so unconscious. It's so unconscious to recognize sometimes that we still all have this expectation that we should be at some point as we get older, like we should be at yeah. a point of expertise that you skill building. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for the 20, for those of us who are older, right? It makes sense for the twenties. They need to skill build, but at 40, I should already know everything. Like if 40, I should already have sk- built my skills. I'm good. <laughs> you know, right. like right. Uh, I'm an expert. <laughs> I have something to provide. And I think that this is the, this is, it's such a fallacy and it's dangerous and it's disempowering because then everyone feels like a failure. And this is where we get things like, you know, the uh, imposter syndrome and, you know, all of these things that we have that we feel like we should be perfect and that we feel like we should be performing. And we, and, you know, and it doesn't help. I mean, I really 
I really get frustrated with social media and, and especially things like Instagram because it doesn't help that so much is about being pretty now. So much is about pretty quotes and happy and inspirational and, and let's, let's do really pretty pictures of how everything looks perfect and let's only put ourselves on if we look really good and let's, you know, and, and it was funny. I was in a coaching group the other day on Facebook and they were talking about how Sometimes people will do Skype with someone so that they can actually see what they look like versus their picture because their pictures are usually so different. They get these really nice shots from maybe 10 years ago and they've, you know, taken this really nice headshot and they look a certain way, but now they look completely different. I mean, so we even keep putting this, our best foot forward, right? The best image we have of ourselves and that we really are not allowing realness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I I recently heard another podcast. I love the ladies over at um, Stuff Your Mom Never Told You. Oh, they're awesome. Give they're them awesome. a listen. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're hilarious. And they were taught they they had a whole episode called Pinterest Perfect. <laughs> that was what they. I actually turned it on and had my teenager. I was picking her up from high school, and she's a sophomore. And I was like, Hey, uh, listen to this podcast. I'm just turning it on. Um, and you're in the car. You're gonna have to listen to it because. It was such spot on about how this is starting off with our young girls Mm -hmm. and the way that you and I might have had comparison um, with our peer group at school. And that might have been where we were like, oh, look at what she's doing. And and we were just comparing our real lives. And now, you know, as young women, they're seeing one another um, completely curated and Mm -hmm. filtered on Instagram. And you see your this girl that's in your school and you're like, oh, my God, she looks perfect. You know, her life looks perfect. Mm. And often you don't really know the true scene. And we're doing that um, through we're doing that at all ages. So it's just very um, predominant right now in the early in the teenage girls. We're seeing a lot of that impacting their self-esteem. But we're doing that as women entrepreneurs and we're doing that expectation with ourselves. And like you said, then it's just leading into more um, more of this perfectionism that we're taking into expectation of self in front of a client. So we think we can't even waver maybe in a situation where we need to admit that we're feeling a little bit. I mean, this might be where there may be a time you're actually feeling a little bit out of your element and you want to make a referral like how do you talk about that without feeling that oh no now I'm not the person that can help you like that's something too yeah it is yeah I mean it took me a long time to be able to you know really be like clear like this is my lane this is not my lane and this is where I have to get and I've had I mean just even recently like a couple months ago I had to sit down with someone and say look I feel like we need to stop the program that we're in because there are some things I feel like you need to deal with. And here's some referrals for some people that I think would support you better for right now. And then we'll pick up again in a few months when you, when you've worked through some of this stuff, because, you know, in, in it's, it actually feels so relieving when you do that because the, the pressure of trying to support someone when they're not ready for what you're working on, like they're not ready for what you're doing, it, it's actually horrible. And there's so yeah. much relief when you are able to say, hey, you know, this piece that's come up is amazing because it's come up because it's here to be integrated, but I'm not the one that can help you with that. So, you know, I can support you by sending you to someone else. I could see it, which is great, you know, and and this is what I feel like you need right now. 
I mean, that's so relieving, but I think so many people don't do it. Uh, and I see that in coaching and healing industries and all kinds of stuff. So many people are trying to take things on that are way outside their lane because they feel like they need to do it all. They need to be perfect and they need to totally support their client and whatever they're hitting. And they're not clear enough to really be supporting their client. Yeah. You know, and, and when we can't make that, when we don't see that and we can't release something, that's just because we're not quite, um, we're not owning that, like you said, owning our lane and owning that it's okay giving ourselves understanding when, okay, maybe I'm not the best person for you. We actually talked about this at the conference I was just attending. Um, I referred to at the beginning of um, this time together, Sonia, was it's a co-working conference, which I love getting together with my co co-working people because they were talking about the importance of um, self-selection that especially when you're curating communities like in co-working spaces that you do have a specific culture that you're growing and specific values and people who are aligning with those values are coming in to your space and resonating and those that aren't um, that sometimes they come in and they or if you're not quite aware of it all of a sudden you're changing your rules to accommodate them or you're constantly apologizing to them because they're not happy about this or that. And, and you're starting to feel like, oh, I'm not meeting the needs of this community when really it's sometimes a person that's not quite aligned. And yeah. if you actually just stay true to yourself and say, this is our lane, this is what we do, this is what our community is about, that person will self-select themselves out. They'll just be like, you know what? This isn't the co-working space for me. This isn't really my community. And it's like, yeah, and that's okay. That's completely okay. We are this. And so as individuals, it's the same. Like I am this kind of therapist. If a client is coming to me expecting a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, they're not going to get what they need because I'm doing more of the somatic work, psychodynamic work, bringing it into the body. We're going to talk a little bit about CBT, but it's not my main focus. So, you know, that's because that's where I am. And it's okay to not be all things to all people. I love how there's these threads. I just have to pause and name this. Like in our podcast, if we continue to talk about these topics, mm. you'll see us pulled back because we're like, okay, perfectionism, this is related to being in your lane. It's not over-serving, over-extending. Yep. That not only leads to overwhelm that we've talked about in the past and feeling not good enough, it's mm. leading to this place of putting ourselves into a perfectionistic expectation. So this is really, really nice, just as we're talking right now, for me to name that intersection and just kind of explore more of how all these things really relate to one another. Oh, they so do. And I agree. I mean, you know, it, it's it's really interesting because I think people are so afraid to be clear about um, who they work with and, you know, cause I talk about target market all the time and, you know, who yeah. they work with and being able to say, you know what, I, I think you're amazing, but you're not a good fit for me. Like, you know, I have to do that sometimes I have to say like, look, you're not a good fit for me. <laughs> you know, like you're, yeah. I think somebody yeah. else could better serve you. And that's such a relief. Like it's such a good thing, but I think it's, it's interesting how, you know, cause all the clients, as I take them through my process and as I take them, you know, into sort of the practice and the internship, if you will, they, they, you know, kind of think, oh, wow, really? I can turn people away? Like, wow, uh, should I do that? Yes, yes, turn people away yes. who are not the right yeah. fit. Like, it, I'm going to save you years of angst and years of mistakes. Just turn away the people who aren't a good fit. And and they start to realize, oh, yeah, like, 
this person I, this call I had was like an amazing fit and I could totally serve them. And these few calls now they weren't a good fit. I'm like, awesome. So they learn that process. And I think, you know, getting back to sort of what we're talking about is it's all skill building. All of us are skill building. And I, and I feel like we just really have to, I want to just nail this in because this is what we need to appreciate. And this is what we need to honor. And this is what we need to value. We don't need to value overnight success. We don't need to value like everyone's perfection, perfectionism or expertise where we need to value those who are skill building. And if someone is successful and they're no longer skill building, you don't want to follow them because they will not lead you forward because they're not skill builders. And it's so important. I just thought of something that would be actually a great question if you're interviewing someone to work with as a therapist or as a coach or as some sort of um, business mentor, just ask them, what are you, what do you do every year to, you know, what are your continuing education focuses? Like, where do you, where do you go to learn? Where do you go to expand your skills? Like, I don't think we ask each other that. And it Mm -hmm. would actually be really interesting to to start thinking about, and you might catch someone off guard because they might be like, wait a minute, I, I know I do those things, but I hadn't really thought of it in that context, mm. is that why don't we, and, and then that's what you can also share about when you're meeting someone, say, hey, this is my expertise, but I'm always growing, I'm always learning, I'm open to feedback, I'm a human, so sometimes I feel, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on being able to receive that. I think we can you know, be honest with each other, like sometimes it's hard, but I yeah. want to hear because... I'm constantly skill building and these are the things I do. I do um, my industry conferences every year and I love to keep um, and I'm also studying Taekwondo because I find that when I'm doing that, it's actually informing my practice because X, mm. Y, and Z and you share more about yourself outside of your your own industry sphere too because a lot of times there are those of us that dance and sing and do creative work in the world or volunteer at our kids' school or in local charities and there's reasons why we're doing that. Because it's skill building us as people. And that's an interesting thing. I'm just now realizing we don't talk about that very much. We don't lead with that. You know, very often when we even are talking about who we are, we might talk about our education and our specific Mm -hmm. training and in our clients that we work with. But it's like, okay, but who are you as a person? Like what lights you up and what are you still doing? Oh, you know, you're a rock climber. Um, and you do that every weekend and it's part of your meditation that brings you into a deeper place with your practice. Wow. Okay. I like that. You know? Yeah, totally. So. And I think this gets back into why, you know, people who are overnight successes are not good people to to go and learn from, right? And and I think this is happening continually now. These people who get sort of a quick win or they they figure out some something that works and then they try to just get immediately turn around and sell it to everyone to follow and you know, like it's not about sustainability. And what we have to look at is those people who are skill builders will be skill builders for life. So, you know, the, like look at Richard Branson, right? He's a good he's a good example. There, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, he's constantly learning, right? He's constantly growing. He's constantly trying new things. He's constantly getting mentors. Like all of those things, he, you know, there, you can tell by who he is and who he's becoming that there's a constant sort of skill building, um, mentality. And I think yeah. that's, that's who you want in your experts. That's who you want in your mentors. That's who you want in your psychotherapists. You know, you want the people and not just that they're following the law, like, you know, like some industries 
like therapy, I think you guys have to get a certain amount of continuing education. Is that correct? Am I correct? Yes, that is true. Yes, Yes, you do. So Mm -hmm. not just those people who are doing that, but those people who are passionate about building their skills. They're passionate about being even better for their clients and they're still going to screw up and they're still going to make mistakes. And so I think, you know, like some of the threads we have to pull here is that if you are a service provider, a business owner, like I think, you know, you've got to allow yourself the the space and the permission to skill build and screw up. And then when you get in a situation where you have screwed up, right? Because I have, like it's uncomfortable, but the the best thing you can do is be open and honest about it. You know, uh, like open yourself and own your part of it, not all of it, because it won't all be you, you know, yep. own your part of it and, and have a, an open conversation. And I think that's sort of how we address it as, as the business owner and as a service provider. And as the customer, we've got to start looking that, you know, how do we pick our mentors and experts and the people who can support us and help us? Well, I think we should be picking people who are skill builders, people who are transparent and honest that they screw up, you know, and, and look for more, um, willingness to be open and real and human. And I think we have to allow our mentors to screw up. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And I was just thinking about that earlier is it starts with us also thinking of how we how we treat others in our lives and our expectations. And I will admit that ever since becoming a business owner that really is trying to shift the norm on customer service and, and be coming at each other with different expectations is that when people mess up, I am, you know, they make mistakes. I come at them with understanding and I notice that it's just decent. It, um, kind of de what's that escalates the situation, you know, even when it's like on the phone and they're so apologetic, like, Oh my goodness, you you know, I'm so sorry. This is not what we wanted to happen. And it was a mistake. And I'm just like, you know what? No need to apologize. You've, you know, anymore, you've owned it. You've named it. Thank you for your support. I see that you're working to rectify this and I really appreciate it Mm -hmm. done, you know, but like we have to think, how are we letting other people mess up? And are we just, you know, accepting it, asking for them to be accountable and then working together? Or we're still like, I can't believe you messed this up. Like, this was so disappointing. I really needed this to work. And you cost me dollars and this and that. It's like, just why do we have to come at each other like that? Because most people on the other end of the line are a human that's like pulling out their hair that that something didn't go well. Not because they intentionally wanted to ruin your day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and having yeah. that. they're there are exceptions, but for the most part, like coming at to each other with that understanding. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I mean, there's, oh, there's a ton of threads that we could pull out from today, but I think the pieces is that we all need permission to be imperfect for ourselves yes. and for everyone around us. Yes. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you so much for bringing this topic up into the airways today for us to talk about on our our session episode today. It felt like a session. I called it a session because it felt like a good, like come in, come into my. (laughs) And I, and I, I think this is beautiful because I mean, this is what I needed to talk about today as well. And, and so, you know, for all you listeners, I mean, Laura and I, we get into these conversations and we have no idea where they're going to go. And we have no idea what we're going to talk about really. Like we just sort of literally throw a topic out. And I think that, you know, it's because we're real, like this is, our life and we are going through the same things you are. And we're so appreciative that you're sharing the journey with us. So thank you. So grateful. So grateful. Thank you.
and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.